The Capital Weekly Podcast is supported by TASSEN, the Tribal Alliance of Sovereign Indian Nations. Funding for the Capital Weekly Podcast is provided by the California Endowment and by TASSEN, the Tribal Alliance of Sovereign Indian Nations. Greetings and welcome to the Capital Weekly Podcast. I'm John Howard. I'm joined today by Tim Foster. Hello. And Paul Mitchell, uh, data cruncher extraordinaire. We use that all the time. As the, there you go. You know, it's easy to say. So Separate easy. me out from any other Paul Mitchell. <laughs> do, you, do you prefer... Husband, by the way, of Jody Hicks. Absolutely. Okay. Yes. Um, thank, you, thank you very much for appearing today. We had one of your... Uh, stories on the last like you, you did a revisit of the data uh, excuse me of the of the election November 2016 and you compared how people voted in the primary their memories of how they voted in the primary are they happy now we're talking about Trump voters right now mm-hmm. so one of the issues there seems to be a bit of uh, buyer's remorse um, or buyer's misremembrance misremembrance people I, I think one of the numbers you had was uh, there was a drop off of people who were happy with Trump, those who voted for him in the uh, general, as opposed to those who voted for him in the primary, still uh, seem to be positive about him. Is that fair to yeah. say? Yeah. So, first off, within research, there's been this long-standing thing that if you do a poll and you say in the poll, um, hey, four years ago when it was a presidential race or a governor's race, who did you vote for? Yeah. That there's this bias towards saying that you voted for the winner. Or a, a change in how people would say they vote based on kind of their current beliefs. So as an example, if we did a poll right now of everybody who voted in the election in 2008 with Proposition 8, the ban on gay marriage, mm-hmm. uh, that thing would probably fail by 20 points because so many people who voted for Prop 8 at the time have kind of caught the wave of changing attitudes in the state mm-hmm. around gay marriage. And now, if they were to ask, they'd probably say, well, I, I don't remember. I guess I probably voted against that because I'm fine with gay marriage. <laughs> they weren't fine with gay marriage in 2008 when they voted. They might not have been fine with gay marriage in 2000 when they had the yeah. prior mm-hmm. gay marriage ballot measure. And so uh, attitudes change, and people's recollection of who they voted for changes. And this was actually big issue with the LA Times poll in 2016. Mm-hmm. Because in the LA Times poll, instead of segmenting the electorate just by things like we usually do, age and ethnicity and so on, yeah. what they tried to do is create a polling sample that was balanced based on how many people voted for Obama and how many people voted for Romney in the last election cycle. And they weren't accounting for the fact that there were a lot of Romney voters who would say now, oh, I guess I voted for Obama. And that changing recollection ended up throwing their polling sample a little bit off. So uh, it's a long way of saying that what we Mm -hmm. did was we took prior exit polling that we've done for Capital Weekly, and we re-polled these people and asked them a series of different questions about how they feel about Mm -hmm. the election now. Um, And our first wave was Donald Trump voters, meaning people who voted both in the primary and the general election for Donald Trump and told us so in the exit polling, like right at the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, The second wave is people who voted for Bernie uh, in the primary, and that polling's done, and we'll have that article up on Monday when this podcast posts. And the third wave is people who voted for Hillary Clinton in the primary in general. And in all these cases, what we're doing is we're going back to people who are known knowns, uh, and we're asking them not just who they voted for, but also 
their attitudes around what those candidates or the incumbent president are doing now, um, ask them about uh, issues surrounding their support for their own yeah. political party, and so on. In the Trump polling that we've released in the first article, we did see that almost everybody who voted for Donald Trump in the general election still says they voted for Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. uh, but there's this kind of degradation of the data over time in that only 85% of people who voted for Donald Trump in the primary still say so. So there's this... Do, do the people who voted for Donald Trump in the general... Uh, I, I think you asked this question. Do they, were they, are they satisfied with his performance since he took office in January? Yeah, so in the data that we've released, we actually have this fully functioning infographic where you can go through and dive into the numbers a little bit yourself. Yeah. But uh, This is all posted at CapitalWeekly.net? Yes, it's all posted in the article, and there's a link to the infographic. But we can look and see that of people who voted for Donald Trump in the general election, he still retains a 72% approval rating. Um, of people who voted for him in the primary... Uh, that approval rating is actually higher. Um, it's more at right around 80%. Mm -hmm. this now, can you speak historically? Do you have experience with other candidates and how they fared? You know, I mean, we're only now at this point 10 months into his, well, nine months into his, uh, his term. Yeah. I would think a 25% drop-off or 28% drop-off of people who say they voted for him, that seems high to me. So we don't have historical data to compare to the question of you know, did you vote for this person before? In part because uh, not a lot of polls have the opportunity to go back to people who said one way or the other and re-ask them. Um, the only reason we're able to do this is because we have, from these, uh, from the 2016 cycle, we have 80,000 people we got exit polling from in California. Right. Now with 80,000 people, you can actually do a re-poll and get significant numbers of people to respond. Um, so for this, uh, you know... Donald Trump poll, we have uh, over a thousand people that participated in one of the two. In the Bernie Sanders one, I think we're at around 800 people that have responded, and the Hillary Clinton one will be around 1,600 people total. So um, it's only because we have that depth of data, and so we didn't do this in prior election cycles. It's hard to exactly compare. However, we have seen historically presidents where in their first term they did see big polling drops. Like among in, their supporters. Among their supporters, like Clinton in 97, 97 after the 96 election cycle with the Monica Lewinsky scandal and all that stuff. So we have seen uh, examples of presidents really dropping among their base voters. But what you're seeing here, I mean, one of the things you're seeing here is that the Trump uh, voters, f roughly four out of five, uh, are you know, acknowledge that this is who they voted for and they're happy with him, basically. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I mean, the, the, so the, one of the big takeaways from the polling that we've done is that Trump voters are happy with Trump. Um, one of the interesting things is they're not happy with Congress. And not just not happy with Congress general as an institution, they're not happy with the Republican majority. Sure. Um, we didn't dive into the why, but you could look at the failure to pass an Obamacare repeal, you could look at, um, you know, kind of the sense that Congress hasn't been working with the president to actually fulfill his agenda other than a Supreme Court nominee so far. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, um, and that's really, this was probably the most stunning thing from the, from the data. We know that people don't like Congress, but when asked about 
the Republican majority and if they approve or disapprove of the Republican majority uh, and how they're doing their jobs, 70% disapprove. Of strongly disapprove, it was almost half. Yeah. Wow. And so this is an interesting factor looking at 2018. Because if you're a Republican member of Congress, you essentially have uh, one of two messages. You are either, uh, I'm staying in Congress to be a member of the Republican majority because the Republican majority is doing a good job at, 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 at doing the public's, you know, fulfilling the public's interest and in, uh, passing the things that Donald Trump once done and also making sure that we're having a, you know, maybe a moderating or kind of adult in the room mm -hmm. kind of interest. Um, they can do that, but if they do that, they're going to be upsetting the Trump base voters. If they say, uh, I'm 100% Donald Trump, and, and I don't care about Mitch McConnell, I don't care about the members of Congress, they can do that, but in, at the expense of maybe holding on to independent voters or, you know, those voters who could be kind of the swing mm -hmm. in some of these races. So it's really an interesting uh, thing to look at. And when you look at the, the congressional race we just had or this U.S. Senate race with Roy Moore mm -hmm. um, and you know, other examples where Republicans that are winning elections are the ones that are furthest to the right, uh, this actually is interesting data to put in that context. So this is actually data that I think is going to spark a conversation among Republican members of Congress and Republican consultants about how they thread this needle uh, in 2018 in terms of message, because they can't just say, I need to be elected because the Republican needs to hold on to the majority in Congress, because mm -hmm. apparently even their base doesn't care about the Republican majority in Congress. Do they have any, I mean, does the polling pick up alternatives? Um, uh, you know, on the Democratic, in the presidential race on the Democratic side, after the primary, people who might not have been happy with Hillary because they were Bernie supporters supported Hillary. Where yeah. else would they go? Yeah. Is there a, where else would they go for Republicans? Is it Trump or nobody, or...? No, I mean, we didn't actually ask, like, a question, uh, you know, if Trump weren't to run for re-election, who yeah. would you support? Although we did ask a question, uh, do you believe that Trump should run for re-election? Um, and that was, uh, you know, very strong support um, for Trump running for re-election. Uh, and as we'll talk about as a little preview of the Bernie and Hillary stuff that we've done so far. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> but um, only 40% of the Bernie voters think that he should run again. Uh -huh. And uh, even less of the Hillary voters believe that she should run again. 75% of the Hillary voters think that she should not run. Hmm. Wow. So we'll have those pieces out in the next article. Is there a star out there emerging from your data? Or is that something you want to say for next time around? Or is uh, there something yeah, we I mean, should be looking at? Or? Yeah, I mean, we are looking at asking Bernie and Hillary voters... Uh, you know, who among the top 15 national candidates they think yeah. that they're interested in seeing run. It's really premature to start asking people about the 2020 presidential race yeah. in terms of who would you vote for. So instead of doing that, we've uh, included some polling that we'll release in the future that's uh, who would you be interested in seeing run for president. Mm -hmm. And in that kind of context, people can say there's multiple people that they're interested in seeing yeah. run and it's a little bit softer way to approach it so that we can kind of get at some interest that people have. Mm -hmm. Now on this poll that you did about Donald Trump's support, what, what do you think was the surprise, most surprising finding? What, what was the biggest surprise for you in this? Well I think that there's, I, I, I was surprised by that congressional and the, this complete kind of Republicans being lockstep 
highly supportive of Donald Trump and highly upset and, and frustrated with members of Congress. I think that was the one that really, uh, as we were watching this data come in, was uh, most interesting and shocking. Um, the rest of it on messaging, you know, these voters really do believe in the Trump tweets. They might not believe in Trump tweeting. In fact, uh, there's a significant uh, portion of the electorate believes that Donald Trump has hurt himself. About a third of the Republican voters, of the Donald Trump voters, believe that he's hurting himself by doing all these tweets. But when you actually look at things that he has been saying, some of the stuff that is almost the most outlandish, Republicans seem to be, that the Trump voters seem to be lockstep with him. As an example, this one was surprising. We asked if the media is actively trying to get Donald Trump out of office, and 95% of Trump supporters said yes. They believe the media as a whole is actively trying to get Trump out of office. Mm. When we ask them, as, uh, a, as, someone as a member of the media, watching, yeah, member you guys media, aren't doing your job. I know. You need to be getting back on well, it. I will say he's, you know, he doesn't have, unless you count certain people at Fox News, I don't think, I wouldn't say Trump has a lot of friends in the media because he's attacked it so much. Yeah, so, and but other presidents have also faced you know, really oh, strong course. criticism from Absolutely. the media, and and I don't think their supporters have generally said that during the Monica Lewinsky scandal that the act of the media was actively trying to get True. him out of office. Um, the and it's also the way the questions asked. It's you know, it's more like out of office, like impeached or yeah. some other kind. Not you know, wouldn't the media would campaign against him in 2020? It's like now. Yeah. What's different now, I think, is that he says outrageous things that on their face are false. And, yeah, but, but it you doesn't know. matter. It, it doesn't... Well, there know. was, you know, where was the poll that just came out this week that s belief and support for the media has actually gone up since the, since the election? I think it went from 39% of people believed that the media was actually doing their best and they, they had faith in the material that the media was pr providing. And I think think the number was 48%, so that's about a 10% But I'll jump. bet you it's highly partisan. Yeah, but you know? I'm saying, but it was, it was the same, they had polled the same group, and then they re-polled them now, yeah. uh, you know, almost a year later, and yeah. there's been a 10%, almost 10% jump in the trust in the media, yeah. which I think is directly related to uh, the media's following of the Trump administration. I mean, maybe I'm biased, yeah. but I would think that there's some trust because they're, they're providing material that is turning out to be reliable. Yeah. The, uh, you know, but what as we talk about this, there's, you know, on the left, people think that Donald Trump's doing a horrible job with Twitter and, like, the way that he communicates. Um, and even so, among Trump voters, only 10% say that he's been ineffective at communicating with American people. 76% um, find him effective. And when you look at these issues again, it's like... Was Jim Comey fired because of issues related to the Hillary Clinton email scandal, which, according to reports, is not why he was fired. Uh, but 84% of Trump voters believe that he was fired simply because of the Hillary email scandal. Um, in terms of illegal voters, now we've covered this before, uh, Donald Trump said that there were 2 million illegal voters uh, in California. Uh, and there are not even 2 million foreign-born voters in California in the election cycle, and we actually did a bunch of data work on that, just showing how absolutely, without fact and impossible, that claim would have been. Yet 64% of Trump supporters believe that uh, there were millions of votes cast illegally. What's that telling you, 
or does that tell you anything about the sources of their information? I mean, well, it tells me that they're, they're believing the one and not believing the others, yeah, you right. know? And in some ways, uh, it almost reminds me of anti-vaxxers, you uh-huh, know? Yeah. With the anti-vax community, if you give them a bunch of statistics and range of statistics to say why they're wrong, they'll point back to you and say, see, exactly, this is why I'm right. Because you think that all this paper and all these studies and all, you guys have to do all these studies to try to make it confusing and to try to lie. And basically they, they use the, the force at which people are telling them they're wrong is kind of fueling yeah. their own passions. Well, there's, I just saw a story that confirmation bias was a big part of what happened, why everyone got the election so wrong. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's continuing. And I think that's part of your results here is that people yeah. believe they, in their, in their minds, they see, oh, well, who would have not voted for Trump when Trump is so clearly telling the truth and he has the best interest in the heart? Of course, only illegal immigrants would be the only people who would not vote for this man. Yeah, and also you know? the, you know, the, um, when the media comes out and says that something's amiss, then they immediately have this negative reaction that that must, especially when 95% of them think that the media is actually trying to get him out of office. It makes sense that in this study, you know, Three quarters of voters don't believe that hackers uh, were involved in uh, Russian's scheme to influence the election. Um, amazingly, Robert Mueller, who I think most people before that, before this whole thing, felt was a really highly qualified former FBI director. Two thirds of them of Trump voters say that he's not uh, trustworthy. And so there's all this stuff in here that's really interesting. And then what I really like about the way that we presented this data is it gives um, kind of a lay person or a political, you know, somebody who's excited and interested in politics, the same tools that a campaign would have to be able to slice and dice this data. You can go in here and you can break this data out uh, by partisanship, by looking at the primary election or the general election separately. You can even take one of the questions and say, okay, among the 5% of voters who... Uh, disagree that the media is out to get Donald Trump. What do those voters think on a host of other different issues and see that data broken out? So we're going to do the same for the Hillary and Bernie data so that essentially you give anybody who's reading these articles the opportunity to really dig into the data like a professional would. Okay. And then after we finish the editing process, you won't even recognize it as... Absolutely. Yeah, well, we'll yeah, have yeah. to you know, make sure that it shows badly on Donald Trump or reflects poorly on him. Yes, so we can, you know, we're not going to keep our union card. Exactly. Course, yeah. You media, you're so... Paul Mitchell, thank, thank you very, you very much. much for joining us today. We're going to look forward... Thank you very uh, much. We'll look forward to uh, the next. We have an assault coming on Bernie. We have one coming on Hillary. And then you're going to do uh, a presidential one you mentioned, too. So Yeah, so we'll do the, the one looking at Bernie voters from the primary and their attitudes about what they feel about the Democratic Party, what they feel about what Bernie's doing now, what issues they think are important. Um, and then the same thing for Hillary. And then of those voters from the Democratic side, uh, we are doing a, a final piece that's going to just explore... It's not a poll on who's going to be the next Democratic nominee, but we took the 15 candidates that people have been talking about the most, and uh, we ran them through this mill of who are people interested in. Okay. It's more of an attitudinal thing. Everything you wanted to know about politics but were afraid to ask. <laughs> uh, Paul, again, thank you very much. Tim thank Foster, you. thank you. Thank you. And this is John Howard. We'll see you next time around.